I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report Direct Message for January 13th, 2021. And according to my records, uh, Joe Biden will be inaugurated as president of the United States of America in one week from today. Right now, he's doing everything from the office of the president-elect. That is not a real thing, but I guess maybe they have an office somewhere, but it was never a thing before any of this. But here we are. Anyway, today's show uh, is gonna be an interesting one because I feel like when we went through the topics last night and then into this morning, virtually everything that we're gonna cover today, we're gonna do four stories, we got a whole bunch of clips, a little bit more than usual. Virtually everything that we're gonna talk about today is sort of like wheelhouse exactly everything I've kind of been warning against, that I've been fighting against, that I wrote a book against, that I wish had not happened, but I sort of saw coming, that I think you guys are concerned about, and will also sort of lead to what I think we're gonna just get much, much more of in the, in the coming years. Uh, Unfortunately, how about that? Uh, guys, just wanna remind you real quick before we start though, that in response to the social media bannings and the censorship and everything else, uh, that my friends at Blaze Media are offering a $30 discount on annual subscriptions just for a limited time. I think they're doing this just for another day or two. So you can go to head, you can head over to blazetv.com and sign up today. And of course you can get all of my stuff on Blaze TV, and I just love the Blaze team. I love Glenn and Tyler and everything they're doing over there. I'm gonna be doing a couple of Ruben reports uh, live. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm gonna be doing a couple of Ruben reports live from Dallas uh, at the end of the month. I believe on the 28th and 29th, I will be live in Dallas, and I'm doing a whole bunch of shows and have a couple meetings. I've said too much. Okay, uh, let's talk about the state of the world. Um, Joe Biden, from the office of the president-elect, uh, they've decided that their theme for inauguration, and I suppose for the coming months, will be unity. So I've got a quote here from Fox News. The theme of President-elect Joe Biden's inauguration is America united despite deep divisions in the country and will be focused on a new national journey that the Biden team says will restore the soul of America and bring the country together. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the word unity, right? Because the word unity sounds good. We want unity, we want people to like each other, we want to agree on what America is and what it could be and all of those good things. That's all very nice. Except does it really sound like they want unity? Are the messages you're getting out of the Democratic Party right now, or actually really from anyone at this point, are you really getting messages of unity or are you getting messages of conformity? Because I'm getting a lot of messages of conformity. We're gonna get to a little bit more on that in just a second. I'm getting a lot of messages of, oh, now we've gotta destroy, obviously, Donald Trump, but any of his supporters. And they've gone from being racists to terrorists and everything else. I'm not getting a lot of unity like, unity to me, I'll tell you what unity is. Unity to Dave Rubin would be that, oh, we respect that America has been here for around 250 years. We respect that people from all over the world have come here to make a better life for themselves and for their families and that they've done it. We respect that these people have all sorts of different beliefs, different customs, different traditions, different religions, and we actually revel in that. We actually uh, are happy that we have all of these differences and that the unity is the respect that all of those differences are tolerable in a free society. That would be unity to me. 
Now, the unity, though, that I sense that the Democrats are offering, that Mr. President-elect is offering, is that we will have unity in that we're gonna have a very specific set of things that you're allowed to believe, and if you believe those things, we will be unified. If you do not believe those things, or if you do not purport to believe those things publicly and believe a whole bunch of different stuff privately, which I sense a lot of people are gonna start doing, uh, then we can't have unity. Then you are a bad guy and we're gonna have to treat you as such. The reason I wanted to do this story first is it's gonna set up everything else I'm gonna talk about, but I think this is sort of important because it's relative to the, what I would say is gonna be a continuing and an expansion of just Orwellian language that we're constantly gonna be told. We're gonna to be told we have to heal, we're gonna to be told that we need unity and all of those things, and it all sounds right. And I am pretty sure if you've been watching me for a long time, if you've read my book, if you've seen any videos that I've done anywhere, any of the things that I've done on PragerU about tolerance or why I left the left or any of those things, that I am for having a wide variety of opinions of, in society. I am for having people living in the same country and the same state and the same city that I live in that I vehemently disagree with. I am fine having neighbors that I might completely disagree with about politics. But if unity to you means that you gotta believe what I believe, thus we are unified, then we have a real problem. And that really is kinda what they mean. And if, if you don't believe me, if you don't believe me, well watch this segue that I'm about to make as a television internet professional to segment two. Because the media is really, really right now just going bananas all in on not only the destruction of Trump, and that is what it is, and maybe at some level he made his bet on some of it, uh, but really the destruction of anyone who had anything to do with Trump and anyone who supported Trump. Uh, and before I show these clips, you guys know I went to a couple of Trump rallies in LA, and I gotta tell you, I only saw good, decent people there. That is not to defend the people who clearly were violent that were Trump supporters at the, at the Capitol a couple days ago, but the vast majority of these people, I mean vast, vast, vast majority of these people are good, decent, hardworking, patriotic Americans who love this country and just want it to be better, and every time they put their voice out there, they're called all of the worst things. But don't take my word for it. Here's Juliet Kayyem, a CNN analyst on CNN. Exactly. So, so we're not there yet. And I think what we have to remember is Trump is the um, spiritual, but I will also say operational leader of this domestic terrorism effort. He tells them where to go. He tells them what to do. He tells them why they're angry. Um, and so uh, we need to start at the top, like any counterterrorism effort, which is total isolation of the president of the United States. Impeachment, yes. 25th Amendment, yes. Deplatforming, yes. All of the above. No money, no access to campaign funds a complete isolation because as the leader of a terrorist organization is viewed as a loser as a not winner, it is harder for him to recruit. Look, he's gonna have his radical elements, we will arrest them, we will isolate them, uh, but what we have to make sure is that Donald Trump does not have a second act. I know I sound incredibly harsh right now calling the president uh, this, but we are in the tactical response right now. Enough with the let's unity and stuff. This is a tactical effort right now to make sure that we protect American citizens and of course yep. the next president of the United States. Everything that Juliet just said right there is completely bananas, okay? Because think about it, if Trump is the head of a terrorist organization, 
right, and must be decapitated as the head of the terrorist organization, then that means, in effect, she's saying that the 74 million people who supported him are terrorists. I know you guys are not terrorists. I am not a terrorist. I am against political violence. Now, ironically, there's been all sorts of political violence coming from the left, and it's been cheered on by the Democratic leaders, and it's been cheered on by the mainstream media. We'll get to that in just a little bit. But that type of over-the-top rhetoric, I do uh, actually admire her at one moment when she says, well, I don't care about the unity thing. She's actually saying something that's a little more honest there. Biden's faking the unity thing, knowing what the media will do for him. So Biden can say, I'm for unity, while the media will try to destroy all these people, and then the systems that he puts in place as the president will try to destroy all these people. She's actually being a little more honest, like, ah, forget about unity, this guy's a terrorist, and, and we've gotta take him out and everything else. And, and impeachment's not enough, and 25th Amendment's not enough. I mean, this is, this is truly, truly over-the-top, dangerous rhetoric. Uh, but you're not gonna believe this, guys. It's not just CNN. Here's Eugene Robinson on MSNBC. We have, um, there are millions of Americans, um, uh, almost all white, almost all Republicans, who somehow need to be deprogrammed. They're, it, it, it's as if they, 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 they're members of a cult, the Trumpist cult, uh, and, and who have to be deprogrammed. Do you have any idea how we, <laughs> how we start that process, <laughs> much less complete it? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm a journalist. I certainly um, don't know how we can stop people. I know we can look to history, though. Uh, what ultimately uh, breaks that power structure in the South is enforcement, right? There has to be consequences. Uh, and then once you get those consequences, I think then people have to take a second look at their actions and they have to be much more uh, afraid uh, to do the types of kind of violence that we saw this week, uh, last week, the violence that we've seen building, you know, with what happened in Michigan, the violence that's being threatening now. Um, what has long been the case in this country is that we have wanted to quickly move on to reconciliation when it comes to this sort of divide. Uh, we've always been afraid that if you actually punish um, those kind of white nationalist element in our society, it will only make things worse. But in fact, what history shows is, is not reacting, not uh, forcing accountability, only emboldens uh, those people in those movements. So I think there has to be some real accountability. Um, there has to be some enforcement of the laws. And then after that, I think, is when you can start trying to build reconciliation. But I think what, what is clearly the case is not doing anything, um, is only emboldening uh, this to expand. Unity, guys. Can you feel the unity? I mean, Eugene wants us deprogrammed. I mean, how about camps? Re-education camps, maybe? Gulags? That would be nice for all of these people. And when he says this thing about mostly white, there are, no, he says there are millions of Americans, almost all white. Uh, well, first off, Joe Biden's white support actually went up, not Donald Trump's. That was the problem, because Donald Trump actually doubled black male support, black female support, also went up, his LGBT support went up. We know he did very well with Hispanics. Um, and I don't even care about any of that stuff. And I think the point is that Trump supporters don't even care about that stuff. But I think we're gonna have to start separating Trump supporters and whatever this movement, this sort of pro-America movement is from Trump himself because, the, because it's just, these people are making it impossible to have an honest conversation about anything. But does uh, what you just saw there on MSNBC, does that seem like we're gonna come around to unity? Does that seem like we're gonna come around to anything about healing or tolerant, 
tolerance or decency? I don't really think so. Uh, but let's even go further because Forbes magazine had an article by a man named Randall Lane, and here's what he had to say about you evil white supremacists. He said, Trump's liars don't merit that same golden parachute. Let it be known to the business world. Hire any of Trump's fellow fabulists above, and Forbes will assume that everything your company or firm talks about is a lie. We're going to scrutinize, double-check, investigate with the same skepticism we'd approach a Trump tweet. Want to ensure the world's biggest business media brand approaches you as a potential funnel of disinformation? Then hire away. Watch out, Trump people. If you worked for Trump, if you supported Trump, if you went to a rally, not only are we gonna say all the horrible things about you that we've been saying all along, but we're also gonna make sure you can't get a job, you can't work, and you're gonna be under extra scrutiny, and who knows, you can't get on a plane, and we might just lock you in your house, and again, the camps, we're getting the camps ready. I know this all sounds sort of nuts, and yet we're here. Do I, do I seem like I'm saying anything crazy other than telling you what exactly is happening right now? It's, it's just unfortunate and nutty. And, and as I tweeted out yesterday, and, and it went pretty viral, what seems particularly odd to me at this point is after what happened at the Capitol, Trump had about eight, nine days left, right? It's, it's a week from today. Um, after what happened at the Capitol, you know, as, as the, the sort of Republican support, the, and I don't even mean like the pure Trumpist support, but like the establishment Republican, McConnell, those guys support, as that sort of bottomed out, it was like Trump was gonna go away. It just seems like sort of obvious, like that some, he was just gonna go away. He, he went to the wall in, uh, in Texas yesterday, showed off this 450 miles of wall, he took a picture there, but he was kind of going away. They've, they've completely crippled his, me, his ability to get messaging out there because they banned him for, from everything. It does seem like we might have a structure more powerful than the government, and that's a bit of a problem, but I don't want to belabor the point. Um, but he was about to go away. Then they run in with the impeachment thing, 25th Amendment, putting people on no-fly list and the rest of it, and it's like, it sort of feels like a slow coup and we don't even know where it's coming from. I mentioned yesterday, it feels like we're all being just dumped with the pink slime from Ghostbusters 2 that makes everybody hate everybody. And they're doing, they're pouring it on everybody while they're telling us that we should be healing and love everybody and everything else. It's, it's very bizarre. Let's move over to COVID. We haven't talked about COVID in a couple of days because pandemics, they get paused when other things are happening. You know what I mean? When worldwide pandemics and lockdowns and shutdowns are happening, you can pause them uh, for a couple of days when other things are happening. Or if a guy that you likes get voted in, you're allowed to be out there rallying and, and you know, passing around bottles of champagne like they did in Brooklyn and things like that. Well, Andrew Cuomo, who's been probably the worst governor in all of the United States. And I say that probably because I am here in California and I do have Gavin Newsom and I have signed the recall and you know what I think about Gavin Newsom and you know what he did at French Laundry and $15,000 worth of wine without masks and social distancing and everything else. He's pretty horrible, uh, but he didn't directly kill people. And Andrew Cuomo did by sending a lot of old people back into the old age homes. We all know about that. Andrew Cuomo then wrote a book about leadership in the midst of all of this. Um, and I think got an Emmy or something. Like the whole thing is just absolutely bananas. Uh, but here's a tweet from Andrew Cuomo who has kept New York virtually closed, who has destroyed the economy and destroyed restaurants and small businesses and acts more like a mafia leader than a governor. He tweeted, 
We simply cannot stay closed until the vaccine hits critical mass. The cost is too high. We will have nothing left to open. We must reopen the economy, but we must do it smartly and safely. Oh, Andrew, are, are you saying lockdowns don't work? Are you saying there's no evidence that what you did in New York, which has destroyed the economy and ruined lives and caused depression and all sorts of other stuff, are you saying that that might be worse than what Ron DeSantis did in Florida, which was keep things open and allow people to be outside and allow people to eat and wear masks and do all of that stuff and not destroy absolutely everything in the name of accumulating power? Are you saying you might've got some of that stuff wrong? I don't think you're quite saying that, but you are saying it, you know? These are not good people. Uh, but what they, are, what they are priming the pump for is that once Biden is inaugurated, suddenly they're gonna open everything up it will look as if Biden saved the world and the Democrats are all the good guys because the economy was destroyed under Trump. But suddenly, magically, we've decided, oh, no, we do have to open things up. And I have no doubt that over the next couple of days, you'll see messaging from Gavin Newsom like this too. Well, we've decided the lockdowns, they did what they could do, but now we must open up. Los Angeles, which should have been open this entire time, at the very least, outdoor uh, dining, because it is freaking as, as it always is today. It is about 75 degrees and beautiful and I can't sit outside and have a uh, avocado salad as a good member of the Los Angeles community. I just can't do it. Anyway, these people are ridiculous hypocrites. And finally, segment four. Uh, you're not gonna believe this, guys, but a lot of the Democrats, and hypocrisy no knows, bound, knows no bounds. There are uh, lefty hypocrites, there are righty hypocrites. We're all hypocrites at some level. Uh, but hypocrisy seems to be going off the charts right now. Uh, I'm gonna show you a couple videos of some Democrat leaders sort of calling for violence and you know, promoting uh, terrorist activity by their own words. Uh, but first I wanna show you this video from yesterday. Uh, this is new Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer talking about the no-fly list that all of the protesters uh, that were at the Capitol the other day should be on. And note the visual aid that he is using while he talks about the no-fly list. Let's take a look. Any of those who are inside the Capitol should not be able to fly and should be placed on the no-fly list. We are calling on the authorities, FBI, TSA, Department of Homeland Security to put them on the no-fly list immediately. Yes, thank you, Chuck. If you weren't holding a piece of laminated paper with an airplane crossed out, I would have had no idea what a no-fly list meant. We are literally, guys, literally in Idiocracy too. It's a reality show and it's happening right now. You remember the scene in Idiocracy right at the beginning when he goes to the hospital and they ask him his name, he ends up saying not sure and that's why they call him not sure throughout the movie, but he has to put this thing in his mouth and the other thing in his butt and he gets it confused and they're showing him all the visual aids. Airplane crossed out no fly list. That's what we're in right now. We're in it. These people are, these, these are not my leaders. I don't know whose leaders these are. I don't know who thinks that these are serious people who should have any power over any of us. Uh, also, the idea of the no fly list, you know, this is kind of funny because lefties for a long time were upset about the no fly list because they felt that it was gonna disproportionately impact either people of color or Muslim people because it had something to do with terror. The, now, of course, they're not gonna say anything about it because they're gonna be thrilled that it's, it's Trump supporters that are put on there. Now, of course, if you violently did anything at the Capitol, you should be prosecuted without question. There's just no doubt about that. The idea generally, though, of a no-fly list seems like a very strange thing to me. It's like, all right, we think you're kind of a bad guy. 
And in this case, we have no evidence that you would do anything on a plane. So we're just not gonna let you fly. You know what I mean? We're just not gonna let you go to Cabo, okay? No Cabo for you. You can drive to Arizona if you'd like, or you could drive all the way cross country, but uh, we're not gonna let you fly from Denver to Austin. That'll, that'll stop it. It doesn't even really make sense, but that re even wasn't even the point of why I showed you that. Uh, I've got a plane here and there's a line crossed through it. <laughs> okay, let's uh, look at some Democrats promoting violence though. Uh, here's a little compilation of such luminaries as Cory Booker, Maxine Waters, Hillary Clinton, all promoting protests and kind of wink-winking to violence. Let's roll. Before I end, that's my call to action here. Please don't just come here today and then go home. Go to the Hill today. Get up and please get up in the face of some Congress people. Already, you have members of your cabinet uh, that are being booed out of restaurants. Who have protesters taking up at their house. Who's saying no peace, no sleep. No peace, no sleep. And guess what? We're gonna win this battle because while you try and quote the Bible, Jeff Sessions and others, you really don't know the Bible. God is on our side. On the side of the children. On the side of what's right. On the side of what's honorable. On the side of understanding that if we can't protect the children, we can't protect anybody. And so, let's stay the course. Let's make sure we show up wherever we have to show up. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. You cannot be civil with a political party that wants to destroy what you stand for, what you care about. That's why I believe if we are fortunate enough to win back the House and or the Senate, that's when civility can start again. But until then, the only thing that the Republicans seem to recognize and respect is strength. Do you feel the civility? Do you feel the healing? Do you feel the unity, people? A couple quotes, get up in the face, Cory Booker. Take up at their house, Maxine Waters. No peace, no sleep, Maxine Waters. Hillary Clinton, you cannot be civil, although she does qualify by saying, once we have power, then you can be civil. I think today was the best direct message I've done in the few months we've been doing it. I feel clear, people. I know it's craziness right now, but I feel freaking clear. I'm willing to keep going with you. Uh, I want a civil society. I want a place that is open to all sorts of people who I agree with and disagree with. I love America. I love this country. I love our founding documents. I'm gonna keep fighting for it. I hope you will too. If you wanna join me over on Locals, it's locals.rubinreport.com, and you can watch my interview with former Overstock CEO and, and tech guru Patrick Byrne, which we put up this morning on YouTube. Thank you, and good luck.